0: Hey folks, welcome back to uh, another edition of Giant Talk. You'll hopefully recognize me as Roger. Uh, I'm your host of Giant Talk and uh, uh, the founder of Derby Giants. Now, I'm really, really pleased today to have with us both Nate and Bex from a company called EcoServe. Now, Full transparency, we worked with EcoServe about 12 months ago. But the reason why I was really keen to get Nate and Bex on is that they've now got 12 months under their belt of OKRs. And I think they've got some really, really useful experiences, insights, maybe even a little bit of wisdom uh, to, to offer out to those that are perhaps maybe not yet on that journey or perhaps just, uh, just, 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 just getting going on it. So, um, I'm gonna ask ask you both to, uh, to, to to introduce yourself to the listeners. So, uh, Nate, just
1: if you could just share a bit about yourself and, uh, and and your story. Yeah, sure, Roger. So, yeah, I'm Nathaniel, aka Nate. I am the co-founder and CEO at EcoServe. We are compliance and workflow management solutions in the energy efficiency retrofit and renewable sector. Thanks. Over to you. Thanks.
2: Yeah. I'm Bex, um, People and coach Manager here at EcoServe. I've been with the team now for three and a half years. Um, and prior to that, I have always been in the remit of HR and the world of executive assistants. So, yes, that's a little bit about me.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks very much, guys. So let's wind the clock back to even, even before we started talking. You know, what was it that was going on in EcoServe that made you think, hmm. We need to perhaps change the way we do things and maybe OKRs could be
1: the way forward for us. So where do you start? So <laughs> last year was our 10th year as a as a business. We've been going since 2013. We started up with just myself and other co-founder, Alessandro. He was the tech and software side of their brains, whereas I was the, the engineering and compliance side of it. That's my background. And we've just gradually bootstrapped and grown the business over those 10 years. But in particular, the last four years we've been scaling quite aggressively as the market and the sector has changed in energy efficiency and government funded schemes. Uh, Really how we did business as well. I think once we found our product market fit, that allowed us to to really be able to put the afterburners on and, and go through that scale journey. So, we've been looking for something probably for the last few years to help us with that prioritization, but also to help distill the vision and mission for the business. Cause we just started the business with an idea and sort right. of essentially. So in our heads, we kind of knew where we were heading, but actually bringing everyone else on that yeah. was always something that we'd, we'd just found a challenge to distill that in such a way that people understood what we were doing. So we've looked at various other systems, shall we say, like business frameworks to help us along that journey. Uh-huh. It was actually a recommendation from someone who had done some OKR training with himself, and I'd just fairly recently read the book by John Doer Doer, Yeah, as you know, matters. Yeah, yeah. So I think OKRs were quite hot that <laughs> yeah. two or three years ago, but it just kind of made sense from experience of trying other frameworks. OKRs for where we were as a tech company mm-hmm. at the time felt like it could be the way to help us prioritise and plan with more of the end in mind. Gotcha, gotcha. And from the, the, the from the people and culture point
0: of view, Bex, what were you seeing that made you think OKRs could help?
2: Yeah, well, as well as the people and culture department, I sat on the senior management team as well, so I think for me, it was the same as what Nat's saying. It's prioritising correctly, having that kind of North Star and that strategy map to then kind of reverse engineer and work on a, a three-month kind mm, of sprint mm. basis. But I think what, what was really interesting for us initially, we were very siloed in our objectives as departments. Right. I think <laughs> understanding that cross-functional cross-department objectives and key results were kind of key to us transitioning into this remit. So, yeah, so definitely prioritization, definitely aligning the senior management team's thoughts to suspect what that future is for the business, but then that reverse engineer kind of model with the OKR,
0: Right.
2: I and work around it. Oh, okay. That, that's,
0: there's a few really interesting things you said there. In particular, you know, the fact that you were starting to see siloed uh, working emerging and you were how many people at that point?
2: This time last year I would say we were probably about twenty-five. See, and now we're
0: 35. Yeah, see so you see that's that's a very small number to to hear he hear, hear people say, hear, hear you say that um you know silo working is coming through. And what what really makes makes it interesting for me is that you know you tend to think that smaller organizations like yours naturally are just all kind of cohesive and you know d- d- communication isn't that much of a problem and co-working and collaboration isn't that much of a problem but it just goes to show doesn't it that it can creep in it can really creep in if you're not careful.
2: Yeah definitely and we are a very reactive business we're kind of led by Frameworks, regulations that yeah. don't necessarily have any control of, so it is a very reactive industry that we sit in. So that communication is key in our business, and I do feel like the OKR framework has kind of pulled us all together to really align okay. and okay. move forward, like you say, cohesively.
1: Yeah, What's yeah. Previous to that, we've been a bit too focused on delivering objectives by department, mm-hmm. right? Not looking at again, the OKR framework allowed us to distill that broader vision of say to even that short term ahead Mm -hmm. and everyone when we fed in and did the OKR planning you're thinking more then towards the end with the end in mind rather than just looking at well what does my department need to do this course yeah 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 Yeah. I think that siloed mindset came from we just kind of fell into that but going through that OKR process allowed us to think right well in 18 months we want to be here how do we get to that as a team
0: yeah 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 now i I see I see what you mean so so twelve twelve months ago um we came in and we helped you get set up, didn't we so we kind of set you up with a with a a fairly typical sort of uh, sort of um uh, strategy map which kind of had a longer uh, sort of horizon to it then the then the twelve months and then the three months. Uh, those two levels of OKRs, and you've worked through those. So, God, tell us how you found that as you've gone through the last twelve months, um, and you know what, what's what's worked for you and what perhaps you've changed along the way.
1: <laughs> Change. <laughs> well, so I suppose
2: we're still to write our story for the review of the strategy map, aren't we? Which is like your three to five year goal. Yeah, because we're only just coming up to having to review that and really renew it but from my perspective with the the kind of the one year and then reverse engineering it into kind of three monthly goals three monthly we've, we've stuck to I think we've done quite well and each quarter we're consistently thinking "Oh, we're getting this we're getting better at facilitating the sessions we're finding our own feet with it as well because you've got to be really adaptable and agile um, in our company so it's just finding our feet with it but I think for us on looking back at the 12 months, which we do review every quarter, it's understanding that a 12-month target for a company like ours isn't always fixed. And we have to be agile in that sense as well.
0: Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. What would you add to that, mate?
1: Yes, it's similar, really, because I look back at that session we did and some of the the things that we plucked out that felt like a priority at that time and space in where we were as a business and in the industry.
0: Mm.
1: Some of the stuff we were looking at around business processes like ISO, for example, that's still something we want to do. But because of external factors and also some internal factors of of rolling out a new software platform, I've kind of kicked that down the line. But for us, being able to do that constant review cross-functionally Allows us to move and weave as we as we need to and adapt, and we're always going to be in that. I don't think we'll ever be out of the woods with being reactive to a certain level mm-hmm. again, because we've got external factors we have to cater for, regulatory policy,
2: mm-hmm. with
1: the the sector we work in. Well, okay, I support that to a degree. Yeah. So again, it's having the framework around it and knowing that you can you can change things or move things out. And basically just meet the needs of the business and the people at the at the time. See, this is what
0: I've
1: I, I, I think is absolutely fantastic with what
0: you've done over the past 12 months because you've you've learned as you've gone along and have adapted. You haven't doggedly stuck to what it was that we started you off with. I mean, we always encourage learning and adaptation anyway. And so this is I couldn't have wished for a better outcome, to be perfectly honest for for you guys. You know, I think it's very easy in the face of, oh, this isn't working to kind of go, oh, well, let's just throw it out. But you haven't, you've stuck with it. But you've, you've, you, you realize that the majority of your 12 month, you know, OKRs perhaps were not, they were fit for, they were the right ones at the beginning, but, you know. External factors have changed to such an extent, and especially with a, uh, being in the industry that you are, that like you say, you're very reactive. You've got a lot of regulations that are coming and going at the mercy of the politicians quite often, and um, you know those are factors way beyond your control, which you have no no choice but to adapt to. So I think the the only thing you can be is make sure that you're agile, but without sort of getting to that stage of thinking, well, what is it we're doing this week? Or are we changing direction again this week to next week? You do need some consistency, don't you, for the teams, I guess.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it is a fine balance, that, because sometimes, even now, it does still feel like things are changing. But some of that is down to business maturity as well. Yeah. Again, because we're, we're pushing the boundaries, we're growing brought in some really great external help over the last few months. A, a, a fractional CFO yep. and a fractional CTO have really helped develop the maturity of the, of the business. So some of those teething pains of bringing that level of, of person into the organisation as well kind of sometimes gives you that unsettling of the boat, but to grow you've got to go through those ceilings and those pain barriers. Oh, absolutely. Too. Well, it's just the learning and the adapting, isn't it?
2: And I suppose as well, like <clears throat> with you saying like the consistency, we have stuck to those bi-weekly mm. check-ins. We're using a platform to support weekly check-ins, but we only check in as an SMT first to first on a, on a bi-monthly basis. Sorry. Yeah. So every two weeks we have a check-in and we've always consistently stuck to that. So like you say, we've not thrown anything out of the window just because the 12-month goals have shifted slightly. We've always stuck to those three-month focus areas, adapted along the way, but we have always checked in as SMT to move those goalposts together. Mm. And I'd that when that's saying as well, like maturity and growth of the business, I think we've matured on that communication as well. We're open to these conversations. Oh, that OKR isn't right anymore. Can we switch it out to be this? Um, and it's been definitely a giant effort, which is great to see over the past 12 months.
0: kind of leads me on nicely to my next question, which was going to be, how have you seen how the, 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 the teams and the, the rest of the people in the business, how have they reacted to to OKRs and, you know, the process and their involvement every quarter in the kind of review and reset, you know, how, how's, how, how have you found that?
1: I think everyone's aligned. Pretty well. I think the part where we still need to develop out is really cascading the right down to individual team level. So SM organisation, SMT level, hmm. team leader level, I think we, we're probably in a good place, but actually getting that right down to a individual team level is where we need to do some continued work. I think because we were looking for a system and a framework, everyone was on board when we did that session 12 months ago. I don't yeah. think we've had much in the way of resistance or in how we facilitated the ongoing sessions and reported back. So that's been really useful because I know sometimes you can get a little bit of friction when people don't buy into a system. Mm-hmm. So that that's work. But we st- we're still building the plane on the way down with this. Yeah, exactly. 12 months in it still feels like there's refinements, there's ongoing work we can do to improve. Excellent. Uh, right. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm curious about culture. Now, have you seen your culture shift at all with this different approach you've taken over the past 12 months? Have you seen that change changing anyway?
2: I'd say not, not specifically due to the OKRs coming in, but it probably has a part to play in it. But I definitely said that communicate, that culture of communication is definitely mm. in. So kind of sitting alongside your previous question like how we communicate that to the team now it's definitely a more structured approach we Mm. hold two weeks after we've agreed those OKRs and we're all aligned as SMT we report those back in a quarterly town hall meeting to every single person in the business yeah there's that clarity going forward there and I think there's then that like Nat said there's there's that buy-in and Less resistance to change because they're being fully, they're being made fully aware of why we're doing this. I think the why is so key when change is is a part of a business. So I definitely say that culture of communication has definitely improved. I don't know about you, Nat.
1: I think, when we were just having to meet you about culture just before this, to be fair, and we're talking about, you know, because we're changing so much as a, as a business and we're pushing the boundaries and we're scaling and growing, mm. you know, deals do wobble from time to time and you have to bring in policies to support the business and support people and protect the business and the people. And you do get, again, a bit friction with that. So we are going through this transition phase, I feel, at yeah. even though we've been in business for 10 years, because of where we are in the sector in the industry, it almost feels like a reboot. Yeah. At the same time, we're moving from, startup mentality which we've been in for the last eight eight nine years into you know big boy pants if you <laughs> will and that move but we don't want to lose that agility and that you know energy that we've yeah. had policies and and, and tape but it, it is it's a difficult phase to go through I know Bex and Hannah are sort of feeling that there's a little bit of resistance and there's supporting how people are managed and. It's it's a culture shift, but I'm hoping it is for the good, you know, and the greater good of where we're heading now over the next few years with the with the company.
0: Yeah, that's that's something I hear and I've heard for many years uh, from from founders who are kind of at this particular point in the in in the in the growth on the growth curve where they say, you know, we need to we need to mature as a business. We need to become a little bit more grown up in how we how we do business but at the same time we don't want to lose that agility um, and I think although it may sound like a bit of a contradiction in terms but I think if you can design in that agility and make it almost like a routine so to speak um, then you've got a fighting chance because you are getting a bit more disciplined but at the same time you're still recognising that you do need to change and adapt and uh, and 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 correct and course correct sometimes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so all right. Final question I'll put to you: What is it that you wished you'd known before you started this? Perhaps that you know now. You know, so you're looking back, reflection with the wisdom that you've built up over the past twelve months. What is it you wish you'd known before you started this?
2: I was going to say it's not always going to go to plan. And for someone who loves a plan, <laughs> loves to be a complete on a plan, that is probably the hardest lesson that I've had to learn, especially if I've been quite like key to the facilitation of like the quarterly workshops and things like that. But I'd love to say that we absolutely smashed those 12-month goals and they've changed so much. But I think that's probably been the biggest learning curve for me. Like I say, I'm a bit OCD with my... With my plan and my organisation, right. but just knowing that it doesn't have to end on what you set those goals to be—it okay. can switch, you can be agile, you can change things along the way. I think that is probably my biggest lesson learned in like out of the past twelve
0: months. So was that a bit triggering for you at times, Bex?
2: <laughs>
1: triggering. <laughs> 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 okay. See it on your face some days. <laughs> <not? laughs>
2: I'm like, what? Well, we're not doing that anymore? Why?
1: Okay. Okay. It's like the opposite for me as a, as a founder and a visionary of a business. I read a book and I'm like, this is being implemented instantly. This is how it's going to work. And that's that, you know, I forget about all the implementation and everything and the planning that goes around it. So I'm amazing at dropping these grenades in on the team. You're like, right. Come on, let's do this. And we this call is it fly-by
2: delegation. Fly-by
1: delegation. I just, I just think that people know what's going on in my head, and to be fair, that's probably good that they don't, you know. Well, for me, it's like I, I, have read all the books, you know. I've looked at all the different frameworks, and I think for me, it's it, you've just got to st- stick with something. And if I'm going back to what your question was, what I know now. I think it's just, you've got to stick with the suck a little bit. You know, it's implementing a new, something new into a business is always going to be teething problems. And it's not being too afraid to change the plan as you're going along. And yeah. we're not, you know, and sometimes that can be a bit of a detriment as well because, again, it's that fine line of keeping everyone on board enough so that people aren't then disengaging and I think we've done that pretty well, hopefully. But I feel like there's a bit of a bigger retrospective to do now. We're 12 months in.
0: Yeah.
1: We've stuck at it for 12 months consistently. Bex has been a great facilitator. She's kind of picked up that role each quarter to do the retro for the previous quarter and then pulling it all together for the plan for the next quarter it's now right, we need to review that strategy, that piece again now, yeah. is what we thought was important 12 months ago, is it still important? Some of it is, definitely, i yeah. how do we factor that into the broader plan? And then actually what we came up with is that vision for the business, you know, it, when you were there with us, Roger, it was to be the, the sales force of the global compliance market, mm. that's still where we want to be, you know, mm-hmm. we want to do, amazing things in the sector it does that still paint the picture that's going to move people to come to the office every day and you know
0: yeah wind. absolutely absolutely and i i love I, I, <laughs> hearing your two different perspectives there i couldn't help but smile <laughs> because you are the yin to each other's yang, basically and that's how we always should work in business you know you know uh, and to, to kind of get the insight into what goes on in Nate's head and how that works, you you know you, you sound like the absolute archetypal you know entrepreneur. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, long may it continue for both of you because you've got a good partnership going on clearly between you there. Um, so I, I, I just want to thank you on behalf of the listeners because I, I know this has been a fairly short and sweet um, episode for today, but I hope that. Our listeners have been able to take some really useful insights from this. Um, You know, when I when I heard firsthand from you what was uh, how you'd done over the past twelve months, I just thought, "Crikey, we've got to share this because this is a really." A really interesting and compelling story, especially to those that are trying to do OKRs or perhaps are losing faith a little bit. You know, I, th- I think the message is you guys have, have, have kind of changed and course-corrected with your OKRs, not because they were hard and difficult, but because you had to adapt, because you had to be agile, and you've managed to keep that balance of, of that discipline around the routine and therefore, still giving everyone the opportunity to be involved and contribute and help shape. So there's still that buy-in, um, and there's, and you're still keeping that consistency for the next three months. Okay, we, you know, that that 12-month view might not quite be as solid as we'd like it to be, but certainly we can we can commit to the next three months, which is far better than just going. The whole thing isn't working, so let's just let's just kick it out. So, you know, fair play to you for that. Thank you very much, guys. Um, and thank you for joining us on, on on Giant Talk as well it's been really good to have you along
2: thank you for having us yeah,
0: yeah thank you man Roger appreciate it no problem no problem so I'll leave it there for for, for this time folks uh, tune into to another episode of Giant Talk that we'll have coming up in the uh, in, in the next week or so and for the time being don't forget we've got hundreds now of episodes in our back catalogue so just take a look and uh, i look forward to welcoming you to another episode very soon take care now